The White House strategy is not working. That statement could apply to basically any area of public policy, the economy, immigration, crime, education, certainly foreign policy, but it is especially true of Ukraine, which Joe Biden and company have botched every single step of the way for years, going all the way back to the time that Joe Biden was vice president and the point man on Ukraine. So when Kamala Harris was asked this week what the Biden administration planned to do differently moving forward, you might have expected them to offer at least, I don't know, one or two suggestions, but you would be wrong. Despite failure after failure, after catastrophic failure, the White House plans to change nothing. So what else do we have to throw at this when Putin so far is undeterred? Well, we are going to continue to do what we've done. They're going to, they're going to continue to do what they've done. Exactly what they are already doing, which hasn't worked. Just like the last time Kamala was asked about changing a failed strategy. At what point does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Inspiring. It is time. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It is time. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. It is time for us to be doing what we have been doing, and that time is every day. The White House remains confident that in the long run, their strategy, which has never worked, is going to work. Kamala Harris is just as confident today of their strategy to stop the Russian war in Ukraine as she was six weeks ago that the war would never start in the first place. I will repeat myself. And I'm vice president of the United States and the president and I work closely together and I know his position because he has been consistent in that regard. If Vladimir Putin and Russia takes aggressive action, it will be met with a cost that will be severe. It will. Of course, it, it wasn't. It happened. It wasn't. They have no credibility. But Joe Biden's been consistent. He has been consistent. Don't worry. It'll work this time. The White House strategy and the definition of madness doing the same things over and over and over again and expecting different results. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from WYVM who says the biggest flex would be if you told someone that Michael Knowles picked your comment as his favorite comment yesterday. Well, now WYVM, you get that flex. So can all of you. Please give me your most entertaining, most delightful comments. I look for, it's a little glimmer of light when I wake up in the morning and uh, congratulations to you on your big flex, WYVM. It's, it's wonderful. Okay. We're living in a time that's just, it's, it brings you down. It's just full of muck. It's just filthy. It's dirty. And when, when you want a clean slate, I would really recommend you check out Naturally It's Clean. Right now, go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Michael and use code Michael. This is my absolute 
favorite cleaning product ever. And I have got a very messy little baby boy at home who uh, requires me to use this product a lot. And I'm really glad that we have a hospital grade cleaning product at home that will not leave harmful chemicals on all of our surfaces. That is naturally, it's clean. A home cleaning company dedicated to providing the most effective cleaning products for your home while reducing the use of harmful chemicals. You would think that those things would be in contrast, right? So you would either have a very effective cleaning product or you could avoid the harmful chemicals. But naturally, it's clean does both. The way they do it is with powerful plant-based enzymes, nature's solution to cleaning. So you're not just pushing the muck around. You're actually going in with hospital-grade enzyme cleaning power, breaking down that muck. Try it for yourself. Right now, our listeners can get their hands on the Naturally It's Clean Daily Wire Essential Kit, Stocked with four great products for 15% off. Go to naturallyitscleancom slash Michael. Use promo code Michael. That is a wonderful way to start cleaning your home. 15% off by visiting naturallyitscleancom slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, promo code Michael. The Biden administration does not have time to change its strategy on the economy, which has failed. It's strategy. And they're lying about the economy too. They're saying Joe Biden's created more jobs than anybody. That's not true. Even the New York Times is now admitting in a fact check that that's not true. What happened was at the end of the Trump administration, all of the liberal ruling class establishment intentionally shut down all of the jobs for the COVID-19 thing and they shut them down. And then Joe Biden gets into office and they say, okay, you can let up again. And so obviously if you get rid of all the jobs, then some jobs are going to come back, but the jobs haven't reached pre-pandemic levels. So Joe Biden on the economy, on jobs is a failure on crime total failure. Crime is spiking. It's through the roof. On immigration, we've got the worst immigration numbers ever in the history of the United States. Illegal immigration, what did we have? Two million illegal immigrants cross that border last year. We've never seen anything like that in, in recent memory. So, the, and foreign policy goes without saying. Foreign policy has been a total disaster. So they can't, they can't address any of their failed strategies on that because they're too busy. They're focused on the really important issues, not the economy, not immigration, not crime, not foreign policy. They're focusing on transing the kids. That's, that is priority number one for the Biden administration. He talked about it during the State of the Union. It's the only area of policy where he is taking new and aggressive action right now, even as the rest of the country collapses. Why is he doing that? Because Texas is doing a very good thing. In Texas right now, good old Republican state, Texas is going after parents who are abusing their children by mutilating their genitals and pumping them full of hormones to convince little boys that they're little girls. There's a a story about this right now in the New York Times. New York Times headline, Texas investigates parents over care for transgender youth, suit says, over care. How are they caring for their transgender youth? By mutilating their bodies and pumping them full of poison. The investigations by the State's Department of Family and Protective Services started last week with an employee of the agency, according to the suit, after Governor Greg Abbott called for such inquiries. So in in Texas, you are not allowed to trans your kids, which is a good thing. It's a good thing for the kids. It's not good to mutilate the the bodies of little kids. It's a good thing for society, it's a, it's a really sick, perverted society, unjust society that mutilates little kids because of sexual fads and fashions that have been around for approximately five minutes. It's really good for the rule of law. And the New York Times is furious. The libs are furious. They are so insistent 
that we trans the freaking kids. They're trying to put it into federal law. They're trying to put it into the Civil Rights Act. They're trying to put it, they're reading it into Supreme Court decisions. They're, They're focusing on it as a presidential priority to go in and tell Texas parents that they have the right to chop up their kids. It's creepy. It's creepy and weird. It's a weird obsession. The transgenderism craze has only been around for what, five or 10 years at this point? So basically the minute that the libs succeeded at radically redefining marriage, all of their radical sexual apparatus just moved on to transgenderism, which is kind of ironic because it totally undermines the argument for homosexuality, right? The, argue, the argument for gay marriage was, look, people are born this way. They can't change who they love. They can't change their sexual desires. But when boys are boys and the boys are attracted to other boys, then there's no way for the boys not to pursue their romantic love for other boys. And that's why we need to redefine marriage. Also, there's no such thing as boys. Also, there's no such thing as girls. Also, a boy can become a girl. But never mind, moving on, moving on, nothing to see here. So it was totally incoherent, but they've really gone all in on it. And now the Biden administration is, is doubling down. And they're saying, no, you will, you will trans the kids. Joe Biden and his... HHS Secretary uh, Xavier Becerra have come out and said, this is going to be a major fight for our administration. Joe Biden said, quote, affirming a transgender child's identity is one of the best things a parent, a teacher, or a doctor can do to help keep children from harm. And parents who love and affirm their children should be applauded and supported, not threatened, investigated, or stigmatized. I totally agree with that. I 100% agree with that. It is very important to affirm a transgender child's identity. Transgender children, for instance, boys who think they're girls, are boys. It's really important to affirm their true identity as boys. It does not help them to indulge the delusion or the sexual fetish or the fantasy that they are girls or something else or not boys or girls or some 57th gender. That doesn't help them at all. We've gone through the statistics many times on the show, but there is no real evidence that having some mutilation surgery reduces rates of anxiety, depression, or suicide among sexually confused people who think that they're the opposite sex. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. There is no, there there is actually a lot of evidence that if you just tell your little boy, no, you actually are a boy. You tell your little girl, no, you actually are a little girl, that eventually in at least a large number of cases, the delusion, the dysphoria goes away. So it is much, much better to tell your child, no, look, we love you. I know you're going through this tough thing. I know you're experiencing this hard problem right now, but you really are a boy. Don't, Don't run away with delusion. Now, that's not what Joe Biden means. That's what his words literally mean. But the left always twists words to try to mean their opposite, which was the topic of my book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, which is going to be available in paperback coming out in June. Thank you to everyone who made it a number one national bestseller in hardcover. It's coming out in paperback. I can't wait until it comes out and the New York Times snubs us again. Well, too bad. You can, you can pre-order your copy right now. That's what the left tries to do. That's what Joe Biden is trying to do here. Xavier Becerra, the HHS secretary, says the same thing. He says, the Department of Health and Human Services is, quote, committed to protecting young Americans who are targeted because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Don't forget, those two things are contradictory. Sexual orientation means stuff about your sex can't change. Gender identity means stuff about your sex always can change and it must change. 
Uh, he says HHS has to evaluate the tools at our disposal to protect trans and gender diverse youth in Texas. Good job, Texas. Stand firm. This is a very important battle. If it were just a minor trivial issue, the White House, the entire liberal establishment would not be going all in on it. Stand firm. This is one of those issues on which civilization itself rests. If we can't tell the difference between boys and girls, we can't tell anything. It's, it's hard to tell very much of anything at all in this. It's hard to tell what my dollar is worth these days with rampant inflation, which is why you really ought to check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S to 989898. Do it right away because our current inflation is getting out of control. Right now, inflation looks like paying 47% more for fuel than one year ago. Looks like paying 41% more for the same used vehicle if you buy it this year instead of last year. Those are insane price hikes. Looks like paying almost 10% more to feed your family. Looks like every dollar in your savings account is worth less than it was a year ago. But you can hedge against the U.S. dollar by investing in something with real value. Gold and silver from Birch Gold. Precious metals have historically been a safe haven in times of inflation. Birch Gold is the leader in converting IRAs and 401ks into a tax-sheltered IRA backed by gold and silver. They got thousands of customers, an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They can help you protect your savings. Right now, text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. Every second you wait, your money is worth less and less. Pull over if you need to. Stop right now. Text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898. You will get a free info kit. Do it now. Ron DeSantis just keeps the hits on coming. The guy is, in terms of governors in this country, the guy is doing better than basically anybody. He, I don't know how he, he's obviously running for president, so he's gearing all of his actions toward that. But it's great. It's really working. He had, this is my favorite DeSantis moment yet. And it happened just yesterday at the University of South Florida. Governor DeSantis was going up to give a little talk, do a little photo line. And he sees students wearing the stupid masks. And Ron DeSantis, he chose his words very carefully, I think. He corrected these students. And it's a correction that the entire country should hear. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. All right, well, it's good to be at USF. Oh, it's good to be at USF. It's good to see Ron DeSantis. And then what do the kids do? They take it off. Of course they take it off. They wanted to take this off the whole time. But people in authority, these petty little tyrants like their professors and these deputy deans of diversity and inclusion that now run all the campuses, they won't let them take it off. But then in walks Mac Daddy DeSantis and he says, hey, take that off. And what he said was, was really important. He said a couple things that were slightly different here. He said, if you want to wear it, fine, whatever. But then he said, please take it off. We've, I was thinking of all the various, th- there's more than just two reactions on the masks, right? It's, it's more than just do wear the mask, don't wear the mask. Some people say, do wear the mask, you must wear the mask, wear the mask all the time. Some people say, 
Wear the mask if you want to. That's your individual choice. Whatever you want to do is totally fine because you have total control over your body and you should never be made to wear something or not wear something that you don't want to wear. It's totally up to you. If you want to look like a bandito in society, fine. If you want to walk around with some filthy cloth covering your whole face, no big deal. Wear the secular kefia. Whatever you want. Individualism, baby. And then there's the conservative answer, which is Take off the stupid mask. It doesn't do anything. It's disordered for our society to have everyone wandering around like they're about to rob a stagecoach. Don't do it. Take it off. It's dumb. It's weird. It's wrong. And it's not how society should function. And DeSantis, he gave a little hint at the kind of weak, squishy, individual, do whatever you want kind of argument in the middle, which was, look, if you want to wear it, whatever. But most of his argument was, please take it off. It's beyond you don't need to wear it. You don't need to wear the mask. Please take it off. Please. We we need to get past this COVID theater. As long as there is a substantial portion of Americans wearing these stupid masks, we're we're never going to get past the COVID theater. I'll give give you an example of this. My wife goes to certain classes, right? Sweet little Lisa, you know, she goes to different classes, sometimes with the baby, sometimes maybe it's an exercise class, this or that. You've all seen this in your own life too. You go to a class, you go to a community group, you go to a meeting. No one wants to wear the mask except for like one person. Like one person is sitting there and she's, and and what happens as a result of that one person who wants to wear the mask, everyone's got to wear the mask. Okay, is, they're all sitting there. We've all got the dumb masks on because Fauci made us wear it for two years. And then you sit there and you say, okay, and would, it, would people feel comfortable if we, do, would you mind if maybe we took the masks off? And everyone says, oh, actually, yeah, that would be, I, I, maybe I would like. And then there's that one person who says, actually, guys, I'm, um, I'm super duper immune, immunocompromised. I'm, I have my great, great grandmother-in-law lives three towns over from us and I might see her in six months. So could you, we all need to mask up forever, please. And people do it and they go, it's that, it's the tyranny of the minority (laughs) in all of these things. Ben sometimes talks about this with vegetarianism in families. Everyone wants to eat meat in your family. Everyone's having a nice time. Oh, good lamb chops. Oh yeah. Nice steak. That's great. Except that one, then there's your little sister. Your little sister decides to become a vegetarian. And oh, no, don't worry, guys. It's just me. It'll just be me as the vegetarian. And what happens? All of a sudden, no one eats meat anymore. Or your meat consumption dramatically drops. It's the tyranny of the minority. Do not let them get away with this. The masks are dumb. They're stupid. They have no basis in prudence or sense or reason. Drop them. As a, as a, cultural ritual. They're hideous and heinous. All they remind me of is the dictatorship of Dr. Fauci. Ditch him. DeSantis, totally right. He's on a roll. He's on a roll this week. Ron DeSantis last week, I meant to get to the story and we didn't have time, but works just as well now. Ron DeSantis was asked to provide Florida National Guard troops for the State of the Union address. You remember a couple weeks ago, I said, the libs, for the libs every single day is January 6th, and there's always an insurrection around the corner, and half the country are Nazis and Bull Connor, and they're going to attempt to overthrow the government. So they didn't just put up the fence around the Capitol because of the horn hat guy on January 6th, because some Midwestern dads walked into the Capitol Rotunda, in some cases, with doors open for them by the police and cracked a Coors Light and took some pictures. And that was supposed to be, you know, the War of 1812 or something. 
No, the, the left did it because it helps them to maintain power. Much like the masks are a political symbol that it permits the left to maintain power, the, the gate around the Capitol, the fence, ooh, we're in dangerous times. Don't claim too many of your rights or liberties. Don't try to get back. To, this is not normal. You don't get your normal way of life because things are dangerous. And so one of the ways to do this, they put up this stupid fence around the Capitol for the State of the Union, and then they, they asked for National Guard troops to come back to Washington, D.C. so that Washington, D.C. could become an actual military-occupied city for the second time in just one year. And they asked Ron DeSantis, and he said no. He said, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Quote, last week, the Biden administration requested the assistance of state national guards to deploy to Washington, D.C. I have rejected this request. There will be no Florida national guards sent to D.C. for Biden's state of the union. Absolutely right. And look, Biden's still alive. Well, he's as alive as he was before, at least. He's allegedly alive. He's, he's at least being propped up fairly, fairly convincingly. But he's fine. It was all good. They never needed to send the national guard. It's theater. Don't do it. It's bad. It's, it's an ugly thing for Washington, D.C. to appear to be a military-occupied town in perpetuity, for it to look like wartime Baghdad all the time. I, I went, last year, when the National Guard flooded D.C. at the request of liberal Democrat politicians, I was there. You know, I, flew in, I fly into D.C. a lot because I do the podcast with Senator Cruz. And it's, uh, it's weird. It's, it doesn't, it feels un-American for us to have troops stationed on every corner all the time. Troops who don't want to be there, by the way, they know it's as ridiculous as we all do. And DeSantis is saying, no, he's offering a different vision, not just of the state of Florida, but of America, because he's obviously one of the people running for president. But if you think that DeSantis is just the guy now, or even if you think Trump is just the guy now, I, I don't think that's quite true. I think there are a lot of people who are eyeing that Republican nomination in 2024. A lot of people who could make a good claim at it. One of the people who's doing that, Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. Glenn Youngkin just came out to give the state, the Commonwealth of Virginia's view on the war in Ukraine. He said, quote, the invasion of Ukraine by Soviet dictator Vladimir Putin cannot stand and the people of the Commonwealth are ready to rally in opposition to this senseless attack on a sovereign nation and Western ideals. Today, we're acting to show our solidarity with the Ukrainian people as they defend their country. And while these are important steps, it is incumbent upon President Biden to take a stronger, more decisive leadership position to end this war. Okay, that's fine. That's nice. I'm sure we all agree with the sentiment expressed in that statement. The question is, why is Yunkin making that statement? Last I checked, Virginia doesn't have a foreign policy. This is one of the issues that governors have when they run for president, is that states don't have foreign policies. So Virginia has really almost nothing to say about the war in Ukraine, except that Glenn Youngkin is probably eyeing the White House. He's at the very least eyeing the vice presidency. And frankly, he would make a pretty good candidate. Don't, Glenn Youngkin won in a blue state. That's, that's pretty impressive, especially at a time when we are told the suburban voters, the suburban housewives, the, the moderates, they don't like Trump that much. Trump was too far out there for them. But Republicans can win on these issues, especially parents' issues, especially school boards and critical race theory and transgenderism in the classroom. And oh, exactly the issues that got Glenn Youngkin elected. That could be a powerful ticket. Whoever it is, whoever's at the top of the ticket, whoever's at the bottom of the ticket. If you have a guy like Youngkin, 
could be pretty interesting. The important thing to remember here, though, because what you're going to hear from a lot of the establishment types is Yunkin, he's a moderate, he's a centrist, he's a fiscal conservative. He just talks about the fiscal issues. That's not true. Don't let them rewrite history. Glenn Yunkin won Virginia on the social issues. He was going to lose Virginia when he was just a Chamber of Commerce economic candidate. He won on the social issues. The social issues, so-called, are winners for Republicans. There there are are a lot of issues going on in the country these days. A lot of them are appealing to, can appeal to get regular voters to vote for Republicans. This is true on the social side. It's true on the foreign policy side. It's obviously true when you go to fill up your gas tank. This is basic stuff, which is why you got to check out Get Upside. Thanks to the very stupid policies of our ruling class, gas is up about 7 bazillion percent right now. Well, if you want to get cash back every time you fill up your tank, Go download the free Get Upside app right now and use promo code Knowles. When you go and download from the App Store, from Google Play Store, when you download the free Get Upside app and you use promo code Knowles, you can get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. There's no catch. There's only cash back. The cash back gets added directly to your bank account or it goes to your PayPal account, or you get an e-gift card to Amazon or however you want to get it. I think the bank account is the easiest way to do it. It's a phenomenal way. You can also earn up to 30% cash back at grocery stores, restaurants, food delivery as well. Do it now. Download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Just use that promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That is promo code Knowles. You know, The Daily Wire is making more movies than like Paramount at this point. We're just churning movies all the time. Well, we got a new movie coming out March 10th. It's called Hyperions. Uh, This movie does not follow the same old Hollywood prescribed formula. It's a movie that stands entirely on its own, and it's excellent. Check out the trailer. Good day, Hyperion Club members. We've come for one thing. Our Titan badges. This Titan badge can grant an individual superhuman power. Perhaps it's time for someone else to take on the responsibility. On my way. She's trying to destroy me. We're going to be streaming this movie once on March 10th for everyone on YouTube to see. Then you've got to be a member to get in on the action. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe so you don't miss any more of the growing cache of content that we have to offer. Also, Orlando Magic player Jonathan Isaac is publishing a book with Daily Wire about the rise of his basketball career, his journey into faith, his strength to stand alone in the face of immense social pressure. The book's available for pre-order now at Amazon. Go reserve your copy today. We'll be right back with a lot more. Yesterday was Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent, a penitential season for all people, really, who consider themselves Christians, especially for Catholics. And how did our nominally Catholic president choose to commemorate and and, uh, behave on Ash Wednesday? Well, he used the day to defend killing babies. And last night, you decided to support Roe v. Wade as a Catholic. support abortion as a Catholic. Well, I, I tell you what, 
I don't want to get in a debate with you on theology, but you know. Well, anyway, I, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make a judgment for other people. I'm not going to make a judgment for other people. Abortion is the one issue where he won't. He won't make a judgment for other people. And by the way, of course, he's making a judgment. He's making the judgment that it's good to be able to kill babies. And he's not only making that judgment by recognizing this ridiculous Supreme Court decision, Roe versus Wade, he's making that judgment much firmer and, and more clearly because he's saying we need to codify the Roe versus Wade fictional right to abortion into a federal law. So of course he's making a judgment. I love too how he opens. He says, well, look, I, I'm not going to get into a debate on theology. Yeah, you probably won't because it's not possible to be a Catholic and to support legal abortion. You, this isn't, this isn't me throwing bombs. This isn't my political opinion. And you know, it's in some controversial way. It's just simply a fact. It's, it's delineated in the catechism of the Catholic church. It's been Catholic teaching for 2000 years. You, you can't do it. The reporter asked that question. How, how can you support abortion if you're a Catholic? Well, he, Biden stumbles and mumbles and bumbles over himself because it's a simple answer. You can't, you can't. And Joe Biden has chosen one religion over his nominal religion. He says he's a Catholic, but when Catholicism runs up against leftism, he chooses leftism. When Catholicism and liberalism or leftism or progressivism, where they seem like they could maybe possibly be reconciled, then he doesn't have to make the decision. Well, we should help the poor. Okay, sure. That's something like that. Well, we should, I don't know, be compassionate. Okay, well, there's something there. Okay. Well, we should kill babies. Nope, that's one where, sorry, your, your views have run up against the Catholic view. And the Catholic view, by the way, is not just that we can all debate this. The Catholic view is this is a non-negotiable issue. If you directly cooperate in abortion, you incur an excommunication automatically. You, you cannot do this, okay? And Joe Biden has chosen to. Now, why has he chosen to? In the past, he has been a little more conservative on abortion. You know, he used to have the safe, legal, and rare perspective. He used to say, I personally oppose abortion, but I publicly defend abortion. Or, you know, he's changed his views pretty much just whichever way the political wind is moving in his party. So he has done it. I don't think because of any deep conviction. I don't think Biden has any convictions at all. He has done it because he thinks that the social issues are losers for conservatives and winners for liberals. But they're not. Just like on so many other issues, Biden is wrong. His strategy here is not correct. This, it may have been true 20 or 30 years ago, the last time Joe Biden was conscious, but it's not true today. Abortion is a winning issue for the pro-life movement. Okay, it's a winning issue for conservatives. Transgenderism is a winning issue for conservatives. Just ask Governor Yunkin. Critical race theory is a winning issue for conservatives. Again, just ask Governor Yunkin or a lot of, lot of other candidates around the country. Democrats are crazy. Now, part of the reason they're doing this too is because their base has gone so in, all in on abortion and on, their, on the social issues that they really can't get out of it because if they try to appease the people in the middle and the independents and the sort of normal people, they'll lose their base and then they'll lose elections. And if they go all in on their base, they'll lose the moderates and they'll lose elections. That's why their approval ratings are in the 30s right now when they're not in the 20s. But this, this was all, it, it comes, this political problem for Democrats comes as it often does from 
a philosophical mistake, a theoretical mistake. Years and years ago, going back to Governor Mario Cuomo, Cuomo the first in New York, going back to people like Senator Bob Casey or Governor Bob Casey Sr. of Pennsylvania, you had Democrats who were supposed to be pro-life, but their party was moving in the way of abortion. They'd say, well, look, I personally oppose abortion, but politically, I think everyone should have that choice. I, you know, that's the choice I would make, but you can make whatever choice you want. And this was always incoherent. It's like saying, I personally oppose murder, but politically, you need to have the right to commit a murder. I personally oppose armed robbery, but politically, you must have the right to armed robbery. It doesn't make any sense. And this this neat and tidy way to totally separate personal behavior and personal beliefs from political beliefs is completely outside the American tradition, outside the scope of a republic. What is a republic? It's where we all come together and we take our personal opinions of how we view the world and we debate them and we try to persuade our fellow Americans. And then whoever has the strongest argument and persuades the most people wins. So it doesn't make any, so you're simultaneously going to make two separate arguments that are opposed to one another? No, of course not. A house divided against itself cannot stand. So a Democrat, Bob Casey Jr., Bob Casey Sr.'s son, uh, just, just made the same point. He just came out, he's nominally Catholic, but he doesn't hold with the church's teaching on non-negotiable matters. So practically speaking, he's not a practicing Catholic. And Bob Casey Sr. says that he's personally pro-life, but he just voted for this law, the Women's Health Protection Act, quote unquote, which is just a baby butcher bill that would ensconce the right to kill children as a national right, a federal right. No one believes that. He's doing it because he, he, he's willing to sell his soul. Joe Biden and Bob Casey are willing to sell their souls for another chance at re-election. And the irony is it's not going to help them politically. It'll, it's going to hurt them politically. As is so often the case, when we sell our souls, we think that it's a really good deal because we get 30 pieces of silver. We get a little fame. We get a little money. We get a little, we get the hot woman. We get the fast car. We get whatever. We get this, the things of this world. But then what happens? What happens with every deal with the devil? It's a bum deal. You don't, you lose in the end. It, it was never worth it. And that's what we're seeing here. It's so pathetic. It's so pathetic to watch guys who maybe at some point in their lives, actually had integrity and belief and, and principle and kept their eyes on the, on the deeper things in life, on the really important things in life, selling out for what? The, the seal claps and the guffawing and applause of, of idiots and degenerates in their own party who, who probably are not even going to be enough to carry them across the finish line for a re-election. Speaking of kids, there is some shocking, shocking news to people who have not been paying attention for two years. This from the New York Times turns out, you know, I know, look, I know, I just want to be very clear for YouTube and for big tech and everybody. The vaccines for COVID are totally 1 million percent safe and totally effective. And you can never get COVID if you get the vaccine. And you can certainly never transmit COVID if you get the vaccine, unless and until Dr. Fauci and Rochelle Walensky say you can, at which point they're allowed to say it, but I'm not allowed to admit it. Okay. So the vaccine, the, the greatest thing ever, the greatest thing since sliced bread, except, except this is weird. The New York Times says the Pfizer shot is far less effective in five to 11 year olds than in older kids. New data show. This is the next line. This is still right, right below the headline. While protection against hospitalization is still strong, 
the vaccine offered almost no protection against infection, even just a month after full vaccination. Of course, there's no such thing as full vaccination because they keep adding shots for you to take. (laughs) So you say full vaccination was supposed to be one or two shots, then three, then four, now five. It's going to be six. They're going to keep doing it. Shocking. Shocking to people who still believe Dr. Fauci, still trust the public health establishment, still read the New York Times. Not shocking to any of us. The left has been telling us, the authorities, the ruling class, all the geniuses have been saying we need to get kids vaccinated. The teachers union said we can't allow kids back to school until they all get vaccinated. We, the conservatives, said the vaccines aren't going to do very much for the kids. The kids are at statistically almost no risk of serious adverse side effects from the coronavirus. There's no evidence that the vaccines are going to do very much for the kids anyway. If the point of the vaccines is to mitigate the risk of hospitalization and death, the kids already have basically an infinitesimally small risk of that. If it's to prevent transmission to older people, the vaccines just don't do that to begin with. So as the New York Times is even admitting here, and they said, no, you're a killer. You're you're spreading misinformation. You're going to be censored. You're going to be shut up. You're going, you're a murderer. You're a threat to the country until we admit that you're right. And we'll never give you credit for it. And we're still going to keep you censored in many cases. But now just listen to what we're saying today. This is why I got so angry at that SNL clip. SNL did this sketch. We played it on the show yesterday where, where they, it was all these liberals sitting around and it actually summed up the, the liberal behavior pretty well here, which is they're all wearing their, you know, or one of them is wearing their mask. They say, oh, you can take off the mask. We're sitting at the table. And, and he laughs. Keenan Thompson laughs. He goes, oh, ha, you're right. I sometimes forget when it's on my face. You know, maybe, do maybe these not work that well? They said, no. And, every, and they all obviously believe that, but no one wants to admit it. They're all terrified. They all want to seem as though they are totally on board with Dr. Fauci and Rochelle Walensky and Joe Biden. And ha, 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 ha. But oh, I guess, and the punchline of the sketch was the masks don't really do anything. Ha, 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 ha. Wasn't that funny? No, that's not your joke, man. That's not funny. Because we were saying that for two years and you inflicted very real penalties on us. You censored us from the public square. You you fired us from our jobs in some cases if we wouldn't go along with this. You kicked us out of school if we wouldn't go along. You ruined people's lives. And now, ha, ha, ha. Looks like they were right. Ha 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 ha. Ah, looks like they were right. Uh huh. Okay. All that we can take away from this is: don't believe these people. Don't believe Fauci. Don't believe Walensky. Don't believe the New York Times. Don't believe big tech. Hold them accountable when they censored us. Hold them accountable when they tried to get us fired. Investigate. Prosecute. Make it hard for these people to do it again. You know the. Pr- you want to know the one. rock solid proof that that the COVID-19 scare is over, that it's much less severe than than people ever told us it was, and that we can all go on with our lives. The queen just survived COVID. The queen, who is one of my favorite people left on earth, I I just love her. It's not my country. She's not the head of my church. She is a nice old German lady, um, but I just, she's just great. She's one of the last bastions of dignity and sense and reason in the world. She's 95 years old. She was, she was the queen reigning over Winston Churchill and she gets COVID, which is supposedly the most dangerous, scary disease in the history of the world. It's going to kill all the 10 year olds. And she survived after a few days. She had mild cold-like symptoms. 
there was a news report in the United Kingdom of the, the therapeutic drugs that she was taking to treat COVID-19. And <laughs> in the news report, they showed that she was taking ivermectin, and which we were all informed was horse dewormer. And then the propaganda ministers went into overdrive. They said, no, it was a mistake. We didn't mean to say it was, I- no, no, please ignore, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. There's no ivermectin. Even though previously we said it was a wonder drug and the discoverer of it won the Nobel Prize and it's been prescribed to humans for years. No, now it's a horse dewormer. It never happened. But anyway, regardless of whatever drugs the queen was taking, she survived. It's okay. You're going to live. You're going to live. And if you don't, look, eventually you're going to die. That's kind of the, the point of Lent is to remember. This is what we heard yesterday on Ash Wednesday. Remember, man, that you are dust and to dust you will return. So we're all going to die someday. But there are a lot more things on earth that pose a threat to you than COVID-19. And you don't need to give up your jobs and your lives and your family and your friends and your life and your whole freaking life in your political order out of the neurotic fear of COVID-19. If the queen can make it, I have trust in you as well. I love the queen so much in part because although as a matter of chronology, she is older than Joe Biden, significantly older than Joe Biden. She seems much more lucid, much more with it. Joe Biden seems like he's about 150 years older than the queen. Joe Biden gave that rambling state of the union a couple of nights ago. He talked about all the important issues. He talked about how we need to trans the kids. Talked about that. He talked about, he said, go get them, go get them guys. He talked about, that was important. He talked about maternal health care, how we need a national law to kill babies in America. Because right now we only have a bogus Supreme Court decision that very likely could be overturned. So he he found, it was a long speech. He had, there was a lot of time. He didn't talk about one thing though. He didn't talk about the 13 American service members who were killed in Afghanistan during his botched withdrawal from that country. And so give credit to MSNBC. Uh, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, went on MSNBC yesterday. She was asked about this. She said, don't, don't you think maybe Biden should have mentioned the 13 service members in that, in the most significant foreign policy issue of his administration, including Ukraine, which would be the pullout from Afghanistan? Her answer, there just wasn't enough time. So look, a speech like the State of the Union, it's hugely important. It doesn't touch on, it doesn't have the time to touch on everything that is a priority. They just didn't have the time because they were spending too much time talking about how we have to trans the kids. That's a much more important issue than the 13 American servicemen who died pulling out of the 20-year war that we had in Afghanistan after September 11th, the most significant terror attack in our nation's history. That, we didn't have time to mention any of that. That doesn't really matter. That's kind of on the priority list. That's a little bit lower when you can talk about important things like transing the kids. But even Saki's excuse here doesn't hold water because Biden did talk about it. He didn't talk about the service members or Afghanistan, but he did talk about American service members being injured in the line of duty. There was a whole segment of his speech on that. He was talking about how service members who are stationed near burn pits sometimes get diseases. And that's why we need to treat those diseases because any American who is harmed overseas needs the fullest support of America, unless you're one of the 13 service members killed on his watch in Afghanistan. Then you don't get a mention. Joe Biden talked about his son, Beau Biden, 
who did not die. In, he died. He died of a cancer, but he didn't die in combat. He didn't die overseas. And he, he mentioned his son in the topic about service members being injured, but he couldn't mention the 13 service members killed in the attack in Afghanistan in the, in the poll. It was, it's just so offensive. It's so dishonest when Jen Psaki explains it this way. And it's, it's just gaslighting. It's, I guess that's what's so, I guess that that's the, maybe the most offensive part about it. It's not even what he's doing, but the fact that he won't even acknowledge the reality and he won't let us acknowledge the reality. We all have to be living in this pretend world. Speaking of pretend world, speaking of body dysmorphia and as a national issue, we have to check in with our friends Libs of TikTok. There is a TikTok that has gone viral of a young woman describing the national epidemic of fat phobia. Let's talk about body preferences. I've heard a lot of talk like, oh, I don't hate fat people, but I'm not attracted to them and I don't want to date them. It's just my preference. Maybe in an ideal circumstance, in a world that was forever body neutral and did not demonize fat people, that could be a preference, maybe. But is there really such a thing as preference in a society that exclusively demonizes an option. Fat people are branded as disgusting, branded as something to be eliminated, unhygienic, lazy, XYZ, everything else. And we've received that messaging since we were born. Our culture is deeply rooted and entrenched in fat phobia. Chances are it's not just a preference and you've just been taught to think fat people are gross. Fat phobia. Everything is a phobia. The, the line here that really caught my attention is she said that we're taught that fat people need to be eliminated. So what are you talking about? Not even in the days of Michelle Obama, who really did seem to have a grudge against fat people. You know, her, her big initiative in the White House was, was taking away snacks from kids at lunch, <laughs> taking away their little sweets in their school lunches and making them eat celery or, or whatever. Uh, but even in those days, I don't think anyone was calling for a genocide of fat people. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Then I thought, what, what on earth could she mean by, oh, oh, she means that people who are overweight are encouraged to get into shape. That's what she means. But then, you, but you're not being eliminated. You're just getting into shape. It, it's the same issue, actually, that we have with the transgenderism, which is the only way that fat people are being eliminated by being encouraged to get into shape is if their identity is fatness, which is a mistaken identity. That's not who you are. If you're plenty of people are overweight, pl plenty of people are, have some issue with their bodies, right? I guess basically everybody has some issue with their bodies. This is a fallen world. It's an imperfect world. Sometimes we're just born that way. You got a thyroid condition. You're a little bit bigger. Sometimes through our own habits, we just, we eat a little too much. We're a little slothful. We don't work out. We don't, and these are problems and you can, you can try to work on these and you need to accept the natural limits of a fallen world, but okay, maybe you can improve. So I know people who have lost a lot of weight and gotten into really good shape when they were not in very good shape before. It's not your identity. You, just like the transgender person, his, the, the identity of a man who thinks that he's a woman, of Stanley who thinks that he's Sheila, his true identity is not Sheila. His true identity is Stanley. It's not the, the word phobia. It means an irrational fear. So you hear this about tra transphobia, all sorts of phobias, fat phobia. It's not 
not every traditional preference is irrational. Not every standard is irrational. It's not irrational to think that a little boy who wants to become a girl should not mutilate himself and chop off his genitals. That's not, that's actually rational to think that he shouldn't do that. That's because there are standards. We can know things through reason. We can, it's okay. And, and by the way, to have a standard doesn't mean that you're saying that everyone who, do, who falls short of that standard is evil. All men sin and fall short of the glory of God. This is an imperfect world. But if we don't have standards to strive toward, standards of the good, the true, and the beautiful, not the ugly and the wicked and the false and the, you know, the standards that the left is pushing on us. If we don't have good, true standards to strive toward, our society is going to decay. That's what's going on around us. And, and a society that allows itself to do that is quite irrational indeed. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Matt Wall Show, crazed LGBT activists at a, at a Texas university go insane, shouting, screaming, stomping, and spitting because a campus speaker said that we shouldn't castrate little boys. This is the state of the university system in our country. We'll talk about it and play some of the footage, which you have to see as well. Also, Ron DeSantis provokes widespread media condemnation because he told some kids they don't have to wear a mask. He's right, of course, as usual. Plus, a handful of Republicans refused to sign a congressional resolution in support of Ukraine. We'll look at their reasoning, and you can decide if they were right or wrong. And Ukraine has found a way to deal with looters. It's a strategy that I think we should probably think of adopting. In our daily cancellation, a Hollywood icon is in trouble with the mob because he didn't like Hollywood's latest gay western. We'll talk about that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.